Before we start today's podcast, just a reminder that my cookbook Eat is on a limited time only $10 off sale. This will be ending soon. So if you'd like to get your hands on the last copies, guys, this will not go into reprint. So once these are gone, that's it. If you'd like a copy, make sure you jump on this special while it lasts. You are listening to the JCN Clinic Podcast. The JCN Clinic Podcast is a place where nutritionalists Jessica Cox and Carissa Mason get real about nutrition and living a healthy life. They share with you their passion and their clinical knowledge for a fun, no BS approach to looking after yourself. Please enjoy today's episode and don't forget to subscribe and iTunes. Welcome to the JCN Clinic Podcast Show. I'm Jessica. And I'm Carissa. Today, we are talking about the common dietary pitfalls that women particularly fall into over the age of 35, which is a very specific number, but we've picked it because we're actually going into focusing on menopause this month at JCN. So... We thought this might be a good kickoff as it's an area that we deal with a lot at the JCN Clinic. And um, it is an area we've covered a little bit to date in some capacity, but we thought it might be nice to kind of bring this together more specifically. So, yeah, it's going to be a goodie, a real goodie. And I know I've spoken even with Carissa and even some of the other practitioners at the clinic lately about this in regard to the fact that we're even going into spring or in spring, we're going to summer and there's a lot of these detoxy sort of programs around, a lot of focus on weight and then how that can affect women at this time of the year too. So as far as getting started, um, I think firstly it makes sense to talk about why women in this sort of age bracket or over this age do tend to fall into these what we're going to call dietary pitfalls so I guess firstly maybe we should explain what we mean by dietary pitfalls (laughs) but essentially what we're talking about there is mistakes if we could say that inverted commas or things that nutritionally are going a bit wayward and uh, working against us instead of for us. Chris is laughing at me. I'm just laughing because my dog is snoring so loud in the background and I'm wondering if it's picking it up and I can't stop her. <laughs> no, not at all. Oh, good. Oh, Jesus. She's like, she's got a proper snore on her at the moment and she's like... <laughs> Sorry, that's what I was laughing at. Nothing to do with the podcast. So why women fall into these dietary pitfalls? Like, Do you want to kick off some of those as far as some of the common things we see at this sort of age, particularly for females, as to why things can start going a little bit wayward? A little bit wayward. Yeah, cool. So I think it's... I think it's a common age for women to start really probably paying more attention to their health and their weight because 
usually, and this is just a very generalized comment, but most women in their, their 20s, their body just kind of responds the way they innately know it will to things. So like for training, eating, sorry, exercise and training, eating, weight management and all of that, I feel like there's a good majority of women in their, in their 20s that kind of have a, a semi-decent understanding of their body. They kind of know what they need to do if you know they want to lose a little bit of weight so they don't really have to put as much focus on food exercise routine um protein all the things we're going to talk about because their body's kind of still in that you know i'm going to say like younger estate <laughs> i say younger like yeah. with air quotes but i think you know and then as we kind of crack into our into our 30s um, things do significantly change and quite often for women in their you know 20s to to mid 30s is where a lot of women are having babies and and things like that as well so there's there are a lot of even even kitties aside there's a lot of significant hormonal shifts that start to happen in our 30s and what happens is when we get to about probably i would say mid 30s and into our early 40s these changes that happen um usually are things that you know, have to be kind of worked out and tackled in a completely different way to what we kind of got away with in our 20s. So, you know, and I obviously, you know, and that's where I think it becomes quite stressful for women because I don't think a lot of women are, in general, we're not educated much about our bodies unless we go and seek that out for ourselves. We're not educated on food and macronutrient balance and exercise and how that can look for a woman in her 20s versus a woman in her 30s and a woman in our 40s. So I think it become, it can be a really stressful time for women because they, they fall really out of touch with their bodies and, and who they are and, um, you know, what their bodies and how their bodies respond. And, you know, or sometimes they may not have been in touch with their bodies in the first place, but it's just they knew how to get what they wanted mm. sort of a thing. So I think that's probably the better way to say it is they – yeah, they knew how to get their bodies to respond to X, Y, and Z. Like if you knew you had a party coming up or a, an event coming up and you wanted to drop four kilos, you could just train more and eat less and you could drop that four kilos in, you know, maybe one to two weeks. Whereas women over 35, that's a really hard thing to do. And, you know, and quite often it is it is very normal for a woman to put on one to two kilos a year sometimes like as we age over our 30s sometimes even more and sometimes women can put on weight quite quickly um in their mid 30s and early 40s um and obviously there is reasons but to them there is no reason like obviously we as nutritionists know definitely that there's reasons why women can put on weight quite quickly but it's it's stressful for women these changes and these changes often happen it's kind of just like quite quickly and all of a sudden yeah we're like what the hell do we do <laughs> Exactly. And I think the other thing, you know, you're talking about there when um, particularly being younger and wanting to modify our weight and making changes with how we maybe move or how we're eating, even the way you mentioned it is in the way of like, oh, I'm going to, yeah, I might exercise a bit more. I might do X, Y, Z with my food. But I think the other thing that we often see with this um, as a bit of a sort of pattern of behavior is that a lot of women are getting to this time as you alluded to with actually not really understanding their body and what's going on and how to eat in a in a really good healthy way and they've actually used more unhealthy tactics up until this age not everyone but a lot of women have done a lot of yo-yo dieting they've done a lot of like 
calorie type restrictions and maybe just flog themselves extra in the gym or with their cardio. So definitely what you were saying as far as what women do, but I think what we see is that there's a big majority of women that will do this in an unhealthy way and they'll do that through their like late teens or sometimes in their mid-teens into their 20s and into their early 30s and they'll be like oh it works it works and then they hit this time where as Chris was saying there's a lot going on there's a lot of changes there's a lot of lifestyle factors going on there's hormones starting to shift and also metabolically you can't and we've talked about this in previous podcasts like whether you're female or male there will reach a point you can only push your body and flog it like that so much before it will start to kind of rail back against you and um, put into plan its own protective mechanisms and I think with females we see this even more because they're kind of fighting a hormonal change a lifestyle change their bodies are changing in that aspect but also they've kind of got on top of this this like um layering of like dieting and and particularly use that kind of classic yo-yo dieting um again i i would imagine you see a lot of women yourself that get to this age who will have that type of past history with dieting a hundred percent hundred percent even like even women in in like the you know 35 plus but i think too some women are like even a little bit luckier and their their body shape um and their yo-yo dieting and kind of shock tactics, it gets them through until their late 40s. Now, that's definitely not the case for a lot of women. A lot of women, you know, they really start to notice there's some significant changes, 35 plus, and they can't control some of these changes when we're talking about weight gain and, and all of that stuff. But some women do get through to their 50s with those sort of tactics, and then all of a sudden menopause hits, and then they don't, they can't use those tactics. And it's equally as stressful. Menopause is obviously a bit harder to tackle again, um, because there's some even bigger significant hormonal changes in those, you know, late 40s and early 50s years. But it's, um, yeah, it's something that we see so much in the clinic. And it's, it's such a hard thing. And I know you'll agree with this. It's a really, really hard thing to not to work with from a bio, biochemical and a, like a, a nutritional point of view for us. For us, it's, it's, it's not hard to work with. It's just, it's it's the harder part to work with is the psychology behind yeah. women trying to understand and get to know their bodies but actually trust their bodies that they they actually have to eat and they have to slow down with their exercise and they have to everything seems really what i find with all of my my ladies um is that for a lot of them the advice we're giving and what we're asking them to do feels very counterintuitive to them because they've spent their their adult life up until now doing the complete opposite to get to get weight loss results or physique like physique results aesthetic results is probably the best way to say it from um from food and exercise so yeah that's so true yeah really really <laughs> so huge with this whole area as far as what will come up against and how ingrained those patterns can be and how tough it can mm. be to unpack that for someone and to and to get that trust in the process as well um and i guess the other thing too before we move on as far as um i guess these sort of pitfall areas with nutrition specifically i think sometimes by this point of developing behaviors and habits there can be a bit of a comp oh, maybe this might flow into our next sort of area but a bit of a build-up of nutrient deficiencies mm -hmm. so we're going to talk about macros for sure 
But I think the other thing is that women can fall into a bit or a real pattern of way of eating and a style of eating where these nutrient deficiencies can start to kind of build up and they might have again gotten away with that to a point but you put on top of that hormonal shifts lifestyle like particularly at this age having a lot more responsibilities and eating a diet that might be more deficient over time in say classically like iron or b12 sort of like sort of some of the major standouts we might see it kind of starts to well not kind of it does it really starts to catch up with women and we'll yeah. see that in clinic too where they'll be like oh yeah i've always been i've always had problems with iron but it kind of gets to this point where it really starts to become a bigger part of the picture mm. because it's yeah. again there's only so much the body can deal with or how much how many workarounds right it can utilize in the interim yeah, exactly. And I think the thing is too, like our bodies are just so much more. I know we've talked about this in so many podcasts and on lives and stuff, but we can't drive it home enough. Like you're just more resilient in your 20s. Like you just, you know, typically like you will get away with a, a low grade iron deficiency for a period of time and maybe not feel like definitely I've got my clients in their 20s where they know their iron situation and it does impact them on, you know, that level and they're very aware of it. But you just, iron's probably a good example in B12. Like you just, you get away, you just generally get away with more in your 20s and then your 30s kick in you know you may or may not have had children most women a lot of women have had children or are having children in their 30s there's big like we said before there's big hormonal shifts behind the scenes and this is actually i think the time to really hone in and i have a bit of a laugh with a lot of my clients but like i feel like your 30s you should be prepping for your 40s and your 50s i know i say that a lot in podcasts as well but Use your 30s to really get to know your body because if you do that and understand your hormones and your macro requirements and your nutrient requirements in your 30s, your 40s and your 50s will be a lot nicer. Like I think there's so much, I don't want to use the word fear mongering at the moment, but there's so much like talk about perimenopause and menopause like it's this this hot horrible roller coaster of a space for women i truly don't believe it has to be that um i you know like i think your 40s your late 30s and your 40s and even into your 50s they can be a beautiful you know couple of decades there it's just you've got to really just take the time to understand and respect your body and what it needs and kind of just tick off a lot of these things you and i are about to cover um in terms of you know being respectful in that space yeah absolutely so we're going to discuss some of these really sort of, again, common dietary pitfall areas. We've already alluded to a few, but some of the big ones that we see. And the first one I wanted to mention is actual overall calorie restriction. And really, I mean, this kind of flows into the others because often it's just like a complete um, under eating that can affect the others. But what we see time and time again is that because of the things we've already mentioned and um, an element of trying to control those changes, particularly with those aesthetics or aesthetics, whichever way you bloody say the word. <laughs> that... I don't know how to say it. <laughs> <laughs> I think Americans say aesthetics. I don't know. I don't know. We'll go with either. Um, what women will tend to do will be to pull back with their food, to restrict and I still think, you know, it'll be interesting to see as the decades go with, say, millennials and even Gen Z, whether this will change. But definitely, I think there's still 
the thought pattern that um, pulling back and eating less calories is the way to control and affect weight. And of course, I mean, we did a podcast way back at the start about calories and there's definitely, um, you know, your equation of calories in and calories out and it's, and it's very important and viable. But what tends to happen is that with this real deficit, with this severe calorie restriction, that women put themselves into a counterproductive health state where they're not meeting their overall macronutrient intake. They're not also meeting to, to sort of play homage what we're saying about nutrients. They're not getting enough of their micronutrients as well. And they actually, what they'll do is, <laughs> this is where it's just so ironic, like they, they'll do this because they've done it before. Like we're saying, it worked in their 20s. It's worked in the past to pull back and eat like a really restricted diet. So it's like, well, if it worked before in my 20s, of course, it's going to work now. It's just it's such this disconnect between understanding that we're not the same and we're not the same body. And if we've done this a lot in the past, our body will absolutely not. I'm not going to say I was going to say rebel, won't rebel. It will do what it needs to do is that it will put up a big stop sign and go hang on this is not making me feel good this is actually stressing me out and it will not go into that sort of easy sort of fat loss that happened in your 20s and it's because that hpa axis that we talk about a lot um as far as what's going on with the stress you're putting on your adrenals the previous stress you've put on your thyroid as well it's going to halt that progression as far as getting essentially like a fat loss response. And we're going to not get the result. Sometimes there'll be a little bit going on, but what we might see also is that we'll have a female come in who's kind of in this age bracket and they may be controlling their weight and holding it at a point, but they're on such severely low calories that they're, having a detrimental effect on their health overall. So they've got digestive issues because they're not eating enough fiber and they've got energy issues because they're not eating their macro and micronutrient intakes and they're stressing out their adrenals and they're stressing out their thyroid and they're like an absolute freaking mess. But it's because they're down (laughs) eating around, you know, easily, I know you'd be the same, like easily see women eating maybe 800 to 1,000 calories a day um, and just trying to stay in this um, tight little window. So... I feel like it's a big, a really big one that I'm really passionate about. And (laughs) I just think the reason it really um, gets me a bit riled up is because it is so common. And I think also I see it in my age Mm. bracket. And I also see it um, even in women who are older, particularly in that kind of boomers generation. I think they're like really big on this one where their way to control is to pull back. So I don't know if you have, like, obviously that's a rant about calories. I don't know if you have more you want to add to the calorie component. Nah, I think, I think you covered it. Like it's, it's exactly, exactly what you said, hundred percent. Like it's just, I, I'm the same. I have so many clients and if they're, if they're keeping their body weight the way they want it, you know, like they may not come into me for weight loss. They come in because they're so exhausted or they're, you know, their thyroid's looking abnormal on bloods or yeah, or what, whatever it may be. And, and 
they're happy with their weight and I'm like cool that's awesome and I go through their food and everything and I'm like you're probably eating 800 to 900 calories a day or a thousand calories a day you know like we've got to get you to eat more and they're oh no 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 yeah yeah exactly (laughs) and they're terrified of it and that just that's you know exactly right and it is we see it into women in into their 50s and even in their 60s where they it's just yeah it's just what they've done their entire life it's just and i think for you and i it's hard because we we have so much joy attached to eating and so much joy attached to food and fueling your body and when you understand the fundamentals of doing that properly you can eat you know i'm not going to say in excess calories because calories do matter but you can eat a beautiful calorie intake of this amazingly diverse diet with amazingly diverse diet and food and still not put on weight and it's all about understanding how to do that the type of movement you require and then the type of you know extra nutritional support you require but yeah it's it's yeah it's we're both so passionate about it we're just like no (laughs) and it's the problem is it's a slippery slope because you'll get stuck there and this is what happens women get stuck because they don't know how to get out of it. So they feel like the only way they can control it is to stay in that tight window. And they do mm. feel like if they're eating around that eight, 900, 1,000 a day, that if they do try and push it, even if they have a weekend where they like eat more than that, they feel like they get such a quick response in the more adverse direction that they're after and it's because they're they're stuck in this tight window they don't have that Mm. flexibility or that I love the term metabolic flexibility you know it's like getting getting you to a point where you're not living in this kind of boxed in low calorie space so you have more flexibility to push and pull your diet a little bit Mm. um yeah so yeah yeah, the other thing with restrict the other thing with calorie restriction as well is is like you know some women maybe start around you know, as a, as a deficit or as a restriction, they, they start without a lot of knowledge, but they're like, well, I'm going to track my food. I naturally eat 1800 to 2000 calories. I'm going to drop my calories down to 1400. And all of a sudden, yeah, they get a bit of weight loss over a period of time. They're like, cool, that worked, but I can't get outside of that. because I'm just going to put weight on. So then I'll drop down to 1200. If I, if my metabolically, I start to change. And, you know, it's just like, and then it's just that slippery slope that you and I always talk about. And before they know it, they're on eight to 900 calories a day. Um, and there's just no more room to move. And it's like, but it, yeah, I know we could talk, we could talk about this all day, but it's just like <laughs> calorie restriction and ca- or cal- calorie deficits are fine when they're done under the guidance of someone who understands to do them with the right type of movement and focus on your other nutrition. Like you can slip in and out of a, in a, in and out of a deficit Absolutely, but it needs to be done in a way with someone that understands how to do that for your body, not just deficit, 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 deficit down to 800 calories and all of a sudden yeah. it's like, where do you go from there? Yeah, for sure. And I, the other thing, I mean, again, we talked about the nutrients and how these are affected, but generally when it comes to restrictions, um, what we're seeing is that women aren't meeting or getting anywhere near enough protein. One, again, we've got... You know, we do have podcasts on this too that we can put in the show notes. But one, I think it's because they're not understanding the importance of the protein. So that's that's one area. Um, and it's just, just simply they're just not eating enough to hit what they require. And also with the fat would be the other area. I think it's also still about it being seen that fat is bad essentially like I think it's there's an element of this shifting but I think it shifts more in the whole you know the people who have a bit more knowledge I think still 
from a purely thinking about pulling calories back and trying to restrict, a lot of women will pull back and not be getting enough of their fat requirements. And this is where we'll start to see some of that spiraling of those health conditions or ailments alongside where women will get into this sort of, um, yeah, this sort of like backed into a corner space of how that low protein, how that low fat over time starts to affect their hormones, uh, their energy, and again, that sort of vicious cycle. So it's they really do feed into each other, but I think it's worth noting that I feel like that the fat gets probably demonized and mm, I think it's more protein. Women don't understand the importance of the protein more than they think that it's bad. Um, it's just that they're not eating enough per se to get enough protein would you say that you see the same i don't think people women are like all oh, protein's bad it's just no I definitely i just don't think that, it is <laughs> i think that's exactly it i think that i think again this is generally speaking but women are as women we're either terrified of fat we're terrified of carbs or we're terrified of both and then we're not getting enough protein like it's just this whole skewed um skewed view of the macros when you know like i know you and i talk about it time and time again and it's it's not sexy because it's not you know trendy at the moment but it you have to have carbs to stabilize so many things in the female body and you need fat for so many things in the female body and you have to be getting adequate protein and most women miss the mark with i reckon at least two out of three if not three out of three (laughs) (laughs) i agree with those stats (laughs) totally just made those statistics up team but i think they're accurate (laughs) so let's talk about how do we get out of this funk because it's a common funk and there's so much we can do and that's one of the main reasons we wanted to talk about it because it's exciting to us because to I think you know it's it's easy to us and it's exciting to us as it's about just understanding and education and nutrition and food and all the things we love. But the caveat to that is that you alone or you even working with us or with a practitioner, as Carissa said earlier, the mental emotional <laughs> components of this space can actually make it harder so on one on one side for us it's like oh this is fantastic it's just working with like the basics of nutrition 101 and the beautiful balance that comes from getting this right and moving your body right but we both know that yeah we can come up against these real mental habitual hurdles that can make it a little bit harder to get to where we want someone to be we'll we'll, we'll get them there but uh it might get take them a little think, bit more coaxing yeah and i think and the other thing is too is as we're going to talk about how to get out of the funk i know like michelle said that in a, in a podcast that when she was on with us but this isn't Again, I keep using the word sexy, but it's it, this. I think we're, we live in such a quick fix society, right? Like everyone wants change overnight, which is obviously why a lot of these, you know, quick detoxes and, you know, quick fab diets or drop your carbs and train like this, they all grab attention because, yeah, sure, you might lose a couple of kilos quickly, but it either pushes you into this window that we're talking about where you don't have any room to move or eat and enjoy life or you just it's not sustainable long term and obviously what we teach at the jcn clinic is it's all sustainability right like it's it's what we what tools we can give you at the different stages of your life 
to get the most out of your body, but it's not going to happen overnight. Like don't do this for, for a month with us and go, oh, well, I did that, but it didn't work. <laughs> it's exactly. long-term gain. If you are 10 kilos heavier than you want to be, or 15, I know this sounds like it's a bit of a weight loss podcast, but I think obviously the biggest changes that women see in their bodies over the age of 35 is weight gain, tiredness and fatigue and and period changes. And the energy fatigue and period changes we can work with like pretty quickly, I reckon, if I'm being honest. Like it's the weight gain that is the toughest one where I feel like a lot of women, um, they, they struggle to stay the course because yeah. it's just, again, so psychologically ingrained that this should happen quickly for us. And it just doesn't. Like if you're 10 kilos overweight or 15 kilos overweight from where you want to be, you have to allow your body time to lose that in a sustainable way and that may be six to 12 months or 18 months do you know what i mean and that is going through what we're talking about here with protein and all of that and staying the course and movement i know we're going to talk about that as well but yeah yeah so totally on a tangent then that was my tangent the thing is though like you're so right like there's that hormonal element that we would support and treat where needed here but the thing is a lot of these other areas that we're talking about um inclusive of hormones you know to a definitely to a point actually come back to this which is why we're nutritionist you know it's why it's why it is all back to like what you what you put in your mouth every day and how you eat and everything that we're aiming to educate people with daily and and through this podcast like that's that's the beauty of it so yes we're talking about food and mentioning about the aesthetics that women um aiming for at this time or or aiming to get control of for lack of a better word but it's it's way more than that it's like how it's how the food that you eat actually does affect your hormones and how it affects Mm. your energy because it is that kind of again that sort of like cyclic um relationship so i guess first and foremost to go back to the calorie intake space so if we know that overall as a sort of stereotype women will tend to be restrictive what we want to do is firstly make sure that we're getting enough to meet our requirements now this is why working with someone is really helpful because what is right for me isn't going to be the same for carissa like things are going to change from woman to woman although in saying that we definitely know that we don't want a a woman eating as we just said down around 18 9 no sorry 18 (laughs) that'd be low 800 900 calories we're generally aiming to get a female up at least around that i i feel more comfortable with 1500 calories and above And depending on what a female is doing with her exercise and her training, personally, I'm trying to get that higher. Now, one of the things I wanted to mention is that when we work with calories and wanting to increase calories, we need to do this in a very, um, again, supportive space and a gentle space. increase sort of um i'm trying to think of the best way to explain this to you guys but essentially what we need to do is increase calories in gentle steps we're not going to take you from eating 800 up to like 1500 just like that what we need to do is work with your body and and essentially get it used to slowly eating more and 
I do this with clients all the time in this age bracket and even my clients who have come from a um, disordered eating background as well. We can't, we can't force this increased calorie load onto people. We need to do it gently and um, essentially get the body used to those increased calories coming in. And as we're doing that, we're also looking at how we're moving the body to um, increase that metabolic rate by the type of exercise we're doing. So it's it's essentially something ideally that will work with hand in hand, um, but getting that calorie intake up to make sure that you're meeting your nutrient requirements, your macro requirements, your carbs, proteins, and fats is absolutely number one. But I it's just highlighting that it's not just this like simple, like, here we go, let's jump it straight up to here. Um, we're going to work with you as an individual and look at how do we get you from A to B. And as we're doing that, how do we make sure that your metabolism is coming along nicely for the ride? Does Correct. that make sense? <laughs> makes, made enough, I was just sitting here nodding like a bobblehead. So I'm like, yep, 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 yep. <laughs> Oh, no, definitely. I, I agree with you. Like, it's not if you are on a really, really calorie restricted diet, it's not something, again, just even that, that building takes time to get someone up around, you know, what we think is even adequate. But it, it, a, base, a baseline calorie intake definitely varies. Like, people's level of physical activity is so different. Um, how they train is so different. Um, you know, like, I've got, I've got clients that, have desk jobs that don't do a lot of exercise and you know obviously that's things we're working on as well um their calorie intake is just you know metabolically and again depending on their weight obviously you know it's it can be so different to a client who has a really active job like i've got a client who's a a dog walker and she's doing twenty thousand steps a day like before she even trains like her calorie her calorie intake is, I think we have a base for her set at about two and a half thousand calories. That's if she's not training. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. And you say that to women and it scares the shit out of them, you know, <laughs> like, but like she's, she's, we're obviously not working on weight loss for her, but we're, we're working, you know, we're working. It's just, just to keep in mind for women, like I've got, I've got a lot of clients that um, work on cattle properties. Like none of them know each other, two of them know each other, but, and some of them I'm not working with weight. We're doing postpartum stuff, but you know, I've got some clients that are very active on cattle property. So their days off when they're not working or when they, you know, working on the property um, and, and then when they are working on the property, like their steps are insane. Like before they even train, like, you know, same thing, they're doing 15,000, 20,000 steps. So all of that matters. Like if your baseline calories are too low just for your your metabolic need, your body's going to be stressed. So understanding yeah. that where your calories sit and how to get you there can be really important. And usually for a lot of women, exactly what Jess said, we're actually building you up to what we think is actually appropriate as opposed to restricting. So I think women innately think less is more when it comes to calories and that's not the truth. Yeah, no, that's such a, um, a good example. And you know what, as on the flip side of that, I for, for people to understand, I have a client who is the opposite that comes to mind and she has a very sedentary job um she's in definitely in this age bracket probably more so hitting into menopause um it, all the things we're discussing hormones um as far as being being an issue but more so that energy and and really just 
really struggling to shift weight, but stuck more down in that sort of 800 to 1,000 calorie mark. So we've been working on, and this shows how it is something that requires time and trust in your practitioner, Mm. of course, but we've been working with a little bit of a gentle nudge with what she's consuming but also working with, and you know, also I should say she's doing pretty much no movement. So we've been introducing movement and now that she's created a foundation of eating a little bit more, understanding needing a little bit more protein in her day and getting a bit of a pattern with movement, now we're shifting gears and I'm actually asking her to change her movement and her exercise more to include a little bit more of her resistance style, which I know in turn will help with her metabolic rate. And then we can start to have a little bit more of a shift with her calories again. So I'm trying to get her out of the point of being so deficient that I know it's affecting her energy. I know that she is stuck in that she feels like if she just goes out on the weekend and has a meal out here or there, she's instantly eating double what she would usually eat so of course her body responds really strongly Mm. to that um so it's just really interesting to look at like where i will be aiming to get her to for her versus what chris is saying about her clients who have this huge um you know increased demand on their need for calories or um, energy energy demands because they have such high energy expenditure. So it's going to vary. And that's why Mm. understanding you as an individual is so important. Um, And I guess that's where, I mean, one of the things I wrote, Chris and I always write our little notes back and forth to each other. (laughs) I wrote about tracking periods. I don't know if you thought I meant actually tracking your menstrual cycle, but I actually (laughs) meant tracking your food. So we, I know We've spoken about oh, this a bit with Michelle. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought, oh, that sounds I like a that this cycle. Like, I was like, why? Why has she got that there? I'm sure there's a reason. She'll explain. Uh, no, I, I mean, gotcha. What we'll often do with clients is, is we may ask them to, for just a week or two weeks, to actually track what they're eating and how they're moving and what they're doing so yeah. we can get a better idea. Because I know from years and years of, practice as does carissa like we often every time we see clients we do dietary recall but actually getting a really proper window into your habits for a week and what you're doing like can be really valuable um and it's something i think is really good to have as a tool to use with your practitioner um depending on those goals of course but remember it's not it's not just about sometimes it's definitely not just about tracking to be about calories in calories out it's for us to look at and go are you under eating your protein are you actually getting enough carbohydrates what about your fats like how much fiber you're getting and they're generic tools but used appropriately with the right guidance they can actually be really helpful so that was what I meant by that oh yeah gotcha (laughs) I also find tracking again like I don't get my clients to do it religiously I know like you know, because that's just not the space we work in. Like some of my clients do do it religiously. I also know though, like it can be a really good accountability tool tracking because I think sometimes people think they're eating enough and they're just simply not like what we're just talking about there. But I find I've got 
so many beautiful clients who are just literally having too many sneaky treats and they need <laughs> that in front of them to see. Yeah. And yeah. like, we'll go through stuff and they're like, I'm just not losing weight. And I'm like, you should be losing weight. Like we'll track your, like we sometimes I'll just track protein, right? Cause they're not really into wanting to track on my fitness pal. That's so cool because it can be a bit of a mind numbing thing to do. But like, if I know I've sorted someone's hormones out and I know where they're at in their stage of life in terms of what their hormones should be doing and they're moving they're moving enough like you know that I think they should be getting weight loss and I'm talking to them about their food and everything and I'm pretty happy with it but they're not losing weight. I'm like I want you to track your food for me for 2 weeks everything that goes into your mouth. <laughs> And sometimes it's a nice accountability tool too because they're just like, you know, like they're having an extra 400 calories of fat that they may not need to be getting just because, you know, fat's so calorie dense, but they're getting enough beautiful fat that we can shade those 400 calories, sometimes two to 400 calories a day just in treats. And that over a six yeah. to eight week period equals weight loss. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so true. <laughs> So we just deceive yourself. <laughs> We're so good count. at deceiving ourselves. <laughs> now, the very last area before we finish up is we've mentioned exercise. Um, we do have a whole podcast on this, and we're not going in depth uh, with Michelle. Uh, she came on and spoke about resistance training and how important that is for women. So, honestly, like as far as movement. We just want to make sure that women in general, we want everyone moving, of course, but when it comes to this time of our life and in this age bracket and beyond, keeping that body moving, regular exercise is really imperative. Um, But realistically, we're going to be encouraging women in this age bracket to be doing some form of resistance style training. And again, that is Mm. coming back to what is suitable for you. So if you've never done that before, obviously that looks different to what it looks like to the next person who has done that before and knows their way around a gym. You know, it doesn't have to be in a gym. It could be at home. But I don't want to go into big details because Michelle, I and Krista discussed this in depth and we will link it in the show notes. But I definitely want to highlight that to get the most out of this time of your life and I love Carissa's analogy of like prepping for it in your sort of 30s and 40s and 20s like even better but like I think I'm a doomsday prepper I'm like I know I sound like a doomsday (laughs) prepper I'm like menopause is not doomsday (laughs) yeah but you will like it, it is like taking everything we've talked about and putting it on steroids like I know for myself like from like moving into my late 30s and early 40s resistance training on top of eating enough calories hitting my protein and all of the things we're talking about has been I want to say a game changer like I know that without my nutrition it wouldn't be what it is so I've got to give you know it's it's guys it's is it 50 50 no nutrition is always going to be number one I just I can't I can't give resistance training more but If you put resistance training with this, it is magic. Like it's just beautiful. And I guess, again, it comes back to what does that look like for you? So go and listen to that podcast um, and it'll give you a full breakdown of of what we mean there. Yep. That's what I've got to say about that. (laughs) Yeah. I just think too, like, like I know we talk about it all the time and it's, it's a little bit of a broken record, but 
you have to move you have to exercise like i've i've lost clients over this part of it because like just what you what you were talking about with your clients like where the ones that are have backed themselves into the corner and they're eating they're eating you know that eight to nine hundred calories or a thousand calories a day and i'm trying to build their calories up they're so terrified of putting weight on and i'm like but if we get you moving and they don't want to move you know and i'm just it puts us as practice between a rock and a hard place but i just think you know like I've, I've had clients kind of just just drop away because like what it just comes down to it's just like well what are you what are you willing to do like yeah that's it we know it's that true. this works yeah <laughs> we know we know this in our fucking souls how true this is jess and i like we can't preach it enough that you have to be understanding and respectful of the calories, the macronutrients and the exercise all together respectively to get yeah. the best out of your bodies over the age of 35. And if you want to sacrifice one, you're not going to get those results yeah. that you want and you're going to stay in this cycle. And if it's if you're not willing to budge on the food or you're not willing to budge on the lack of exercise or sometimes too much exercise and pulling back, like there has to be this... I know we talk about homeostasis all the time when we talk about the body, but it could not be more true as you move into your hormone years of your 35s plus. Like it is, it's so much about respect in all the, in all the places. So, and yeah. you have to, you have to acknowledge them all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's so, it's so important. Um, yeah. Oh, look, I think we might leave it there. I feel like I, we could, <laughs> I was being pulled down another tunnel Then I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's rant more. But <laughs> I think we've really summed it up and we will keep this one sort of short and sweet because we want it to be a really nice um, reminder about the importance of this space, but we want you to go to those links in our show notes and take this podcast, take what we've said and then go and get more out of those ones we've mentioned because it'll really come together nicely. Um, And if you have any questions about this as a topic in any capacity make sure you hit us up and let us know anything you wanted to add before we finish up did you want to add your recommendation in quickly or no thoughts because <laughs> I, I actually have one i do you okay it's literally just a tv show <laughs> I'm like come on let's wind this up i gotta go can you tell? i know you gotta go <laughs> i'm just gonna say the new heartbreak high series i've heard about that is good is it I'm really enjoying it. Like it's, it's kind of, yeah, I'm just going to, I'm really enjoying it. I'm going to leave it there. I was a diehard Heartbreak High girl in the nineties. So yeah. I don't know if anyone else, like I'm sure there's a lot of people going, yeah, I remember that series on ABC. <laughs> so this is kind of like the modern, the current version of that, I would say. So I've same heard school. It's I've heard it's I'm really like Australian it. version of euphoria and sex education. It's like Australia's kind of calling to that. Yeah, I guess it is in, in a way. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely very, um, it's very current. It's very, but it's definitely not like your average school, like the way I think a lot of teenagers go through school. I guess it's a lot of the same sort of issues and, and things and social stuff going on definitely. But yeah, it's, um, yeah, like it's definitely like there's, there's not a lot of school uniforms happening at the school, which I love. It's very freedom of expression in terms, which I think is so cool. It reminds me a little bit of when we were in school, we got away with fucking murder in terms of what we wore. So, but yeah, that's my recommendation. Mick is hating it. He's not watching it. I'm fucking loving it. <laughs> I love it. 
Oh, well, I don't have one this week, guys. Um, so we're going to leave <laughs> leave the ball on Carissa scored. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us. If you've got any questions or queries, let us know. And as always, if you can leave us a review, that would be amazing. But otherwise, have a fab weekend ahead and we'll chat to you next time. Chat to you next time. Bye. Bye.